Welcome to Corners and Conversations. My name is Jeremy Strickland, and I will be your host of this podcast. I am the founder of Just Contributor Support, better known as JCS. My mission is to provide you with some form of mentorship, guidance, and resources. Corners and Conversations will have different things such as guests, perspectives, different topics of discussion, and different ways of you to look at things. So tune in. So for today's podcast, I have Bags the Barber. All right, so most people know him as Sergeant Davis. Some people know him as Terrence Davis. But this gentleman right here, we went on a deployment together back in 2013, right? It was 2013? Yes, sir. Yes, and that's where we got a lot of personality traits. You know, we had a lot of conversations and our relationship just grew from there. So here I have Brother Davis going to talk to us and pretty much give us a synopsis of what it is that you wish that you are doing right now as far as implementing. What are you impacting and how are you going about life? Go and give him a little snippet. Oh, I'm going to keep it real brief. Right now, all I'm trying to do right now is be the best father figure I can possibly be for all of my kids right now. Talk and to me. Reach out to some of the young brothers out there that don't have a father figure in their life. That's about it. I agree. I agree. So a while back, well, not too long ago, a couple of days back, to be honest with you, I was talking about learning objectives, right? So in actuality, I'm writing a book. So the title of the book is called General Education Development. And the subtitle is Development of Self. So I came to this understanding after working at the Youth Challenge Program as a cadre, right? So Bags the Barber, Sergeant Davis, you know, he was a cadre at the Youth Challenge Program as well. So we were both blessed with the opportunity to have a direct impact on people that we didn't think that we would have an impact on, to make a long story short. So the way I look at it is that there's two ways of thinking. There's the traditional mindset, as in when somebody is expected to go to high school, you get a quality education, then you get a job or you go to college. That's a traditional mindset. So there's a lot of expectations associated with it. But there's this other thing that I like to call the creative mindset. So the creative mindset does not go in line with what traditional expectations are, but it's also a fulfillment that people are going after. It's not necessarily the acceptance of other things. So that becomes a conflict with the balance. So the whole purpose of general education development is to provide six learning objectives. So the first objective is self-reflection. When you think of self-reflection, it's about you understanding who you are, as in you got to take the good, the bad, and the ugly. And that's you doing an assessment of yourself. It has nothing to do with anybody else, but it has everything to do with yourself. It goes into the next learning objective, which is conflict and solutions. You cannot have conflict without solutions, just like you can't have solutions without conflict. For a lot of people, they go through a lot of conflict, and I don't think they really go through the solutions part of it, right? So that's the second learning objective. The third learning objective is goals and motivation. So just like with conflicts, there are solutions. Just like with goals, it has to be matched with some form of motivation. So if your goals are set high and your motivation is low, you won't get there. If your motivation is high, but your goals is low, I don't think you'll be able to get that much progress in what it is that you desire. So once you get to the third learning objective and accomplish that, you go into the fourth learning objective, which is application. Once you understand the assessment of who you are, the conflicts and solutions that you can provide, your goals and motivation and how you gauge that going forward, now you need some traction. That's where application comes from. As you are applying yourself, that's how you start to manifest the things that you would desire, the things that represent you so to speak. Instead of you reacting to other people, you're being productive with your own values and morals. Then it goes into learning objective number five, which is reassessment. 
as in every milestone that you make, it involves a reassessment to understand, can you do this with less tools and resources? Do you need to add more? Are you spending too much time with this? Is there a way to improve this formula, this recipe that you're cooking? And the next thing will go into purpose, which would be the sixth learning objective. Once you find that sense of purpose, you now have a better understanding of who you are, what it is that you wish to do, and how you're going to do it. So after you get that sense of purpose, you pretty much put it back into the system because it goes right back to self-reflection. And then you run through the six steps all over again. So it's a continuous cycle to put you in a position to where you are at the best version of yourself. So, Brother Davis, I know that was a lot to chew on. So we're just going to talk about learning oh, yeah. objective number one when it says self-reflection. What is it that you would think of if you was to go back and do it all over again? At what point in life do you believe that you should have focused more on that self-reflection part? Right there in high school. In high school. Immediately in high mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. Right. So would you say that's when you started to get that development of self, your self-identity, who you are as an individual? I mean, yeah. To be honest, that's what I believe high school is really designed for. It's for you to really find out who you are. You know what I'm saying? That's really when, you know what I'm saying, the kids become jocks and cheerleaders and find out who their friends are, what they're interested in. And you're really trying to determine what's your next step in life outside of like, what's your career path? Do you want to graduate and go to college? Do you want to graduate and just go straight into the workforce? Like, what do I want to do for me? You know what I'm saying? That's, that's your first time really figuring out who you are. I agree. I agree. So for me, I would say the form of self-reflection would be right as I'm leaving middle school, transitioning into high school. Because when you get to high school, that's supposed to be another level, right? Everything you have done at middle school, it becomes like an etch-a-sketch. You remember one of those? Those etch-a-sketches, after you shake it up, it erases. And it's like, you got to start drawing all over again, right? So when I say it more so about self-reflection, it's really about not just understanding what defines me, it's understanding what am I attracting, right? Because there's people chasing mm-hmm. after things and there are people attracting things. So self-reflection is yeah. really the assessment of what magnet are you going towards? Is it a magnet that has the negativity on it that you gravitate towards? Or is it the magnet that has the positivity gravitating on? And so it's like that balance. So self-reflection is what I consider it as you being neutral. So instead of you being all the way for something, all the way against something, is you being self-reflective. So you're remaining neutral because you're not being pulled towards either side, if that makes sense. The side where family yeah. expects you to do things, the other side where friends and society or let's say the culture that you represent reflect things. That's what I consider when it comes to self-reflection. Now, to give you a different perspective, what do you think for somebody who is listening, a young teen, a young adult, what would resonate with them when we talk about self-reflection? Because a lot of people, they just be like, yeah, been there, done that. But is there a set procedure? Is there understanding how you keep your emotions in check? Like, what exactly is self-reflection of how you would go about it? Some form of meditation? Uh, yeah, you can say that. In my eyes, I'd say it's more along the lines of Really getting to know yourself, like knowing your flaws, you know what I'm saying? You, that's, to me, that's the number one strength that anyone can have is knowing their flaws. If you know what you're weak at, you know how to become stronger, in my point of view. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I know I'm weak in math, I know I need to focus on that more than I need to focus on my spelling. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If I'm making straight A's in spelling and I really ain't got to study, that means I need to go ahead and put more time and energy into that math because that's my weak point. You know what I'm saying? That's going to help me become a better person. So that's what I believe it is. So that's like you spending time with yourself, essentially, investing in yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's what it all is. You're really investing mm-hmm. in yourself and everything you do. For the simple fact, it's the same method with the math. 
you know, if I want to become better, first I got to cook and acknowledge the fact I want to be better. I don't want to be complacent. I don't want to just, I know a sea is past me. That's what I want to dwell on. I, I have to first get with myself and sort of then say, well, self, in order for me to do better, I need to get it. In order for me to be better, I need to do better. You know what I'm right, saying? But once right. you get there and the next step would be for you to realize where am I lacking? You know what I'm saying? What is my problem or what needs more attention right now? And that's the way I self-reflect on a lot of things. Indeed. And then Indeed. you can sit up there and focus on what you're good at, what's your strong point. You know what right. I'm saying? And then you can work enough. And that would segue right into that next learning objective, which is conflicts and solutions. Would you say mm-hmm. you focus more on the conflicts in your upbringing or more of the solutions? I'd say more of the solutions because I'm all about trying to to fix the conflict. Once you fix the conflict, you know what I'm saying? There, there's no more, <laughs> really nothing else really to worry about but maintaining. I agree. I agree. Well, excuse me. I agree with that perspective. For me, I was more so along the lines of acknowledging conflicts for what it is. You know, for there's the disagreements, but I think that the toughest thing for me in the conflict perspective is understanding that there's a difference between personality and mentality. So like for somebody's personality, that's who they are as a person, as in what physically manifests from what's inside them. But their mentality is what people invested in them. Right. So I look at it as if somebody will say something I disagree with, I'm like, well, you're stupid. Right. So I'm attacking the personality, but I'm not acknowledging that it was the mentality. So for some people, they would invest those things to be invested in them because it derives from their family. It derives from the people they associate themselves with. It's like for somebody who played football, they're very experienced in football. Right. If somebody talk about basketball, they consider it a conflict because they're saying, nah, I ain't trying to talk about that because they want to be put in a position where they're comfortable. Right. So if they're familiar and they're proficient in one sport, obviously if they want the home field advantage, all right, we can do this football conversation. Right. That's my home right there. I know what I'm talking about. Right. And then when somebody take them outside of their comfort zone and they get uncomfortable, that's where the conflict set. You know? Right. So and, go ahead. And that also goes back into my, you know, what I was just saying, knowing your strengths and weaknesses. That football player, you know what your strength is, so you want to try and avoid that basketball conversation. Right, right. So that, so that way you seem like the more educated person in that situation. But would that be as, in a way as you you limiting yourself? Yeah, yeah. You. So let's say for the sake of the discussion, like the the solution is, I'm not going to acknowledge some of the things I know I'm not familiar with. In some ways, that's a smart move. Some people don't know how dumb you are until you open your mouth, if you get what I'm saying. Right. Right. So, right. And so it also some, limits your, mm-hmm. your chance for growth as well. Because, okay. like I said, if you know what your weaknesses are, it's your choice to really attack those weaknesses. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? If, like I said, once you know what your weaknesses are, you can't just say, all right, I'm weak here. Let me leave it alone. And I'm just going, you know what I'm saying? You're not going to grow that way. You're just going to be continue to be weak. Right. So right. you always have to attack your weaknesses. I agree. So it's constant development when you think of that. So you think of conflict as somebody agreeing and somebody disagreeing or conflict as you just being uncomfortable with the situation. Or do they even sound like the same thing? Honestly, they both could really go hand in hand. You know what I'm saying? Like you can sit there and have a conflict with somebody without even opening your mouth for somebody. Like without even opening your mouth to talk to somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, we both worked at YCP. I remember it was one cycle the first day the kids and got their haircuts and all this, and all they have to do is come outside and sit down under the bleachers, sit mm-hmm. and wait for the program to start. That right? Somehow, somehow, with no talking, there was a, a conflict <laughs> just by somebody looking at somebody the wrong way. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So you can always, there's always room for conflict. But would you say that was the thoughts of 
Well, it was no discussion. So it's not like what somebody said offended the other person. Would you say it was their thoughts themselves? As in they was looking at it as, why is this person looking at me? And they went to the fight or flight situation? Or was it what the other person was projecting towards them to make them feel as if they had to defend themselves? Well, I mean, after uh, further investigation, I listened to both sides of the uh, altercation. Me getting to the bottom of it, mm-hmm. one kid was culture shock, you know what I'm saying, trying to figure out what was going on. Right. So he's just looking around. And one kid, he wanted to prove that he was tough. He just seen one kid looking around, and he felt like that kid was looking at him in a bad way. So he wanted to go in. That's where I make my mark. That's why I let everybody know I ain't, about, I ain't to play with. Yeah, so mm-hmm. he took the opportunity upon himself to try and prove that he is not the one to play with. Right. But clearly, right. he lost that battle. <laughs> so that's the conflict itself. Would you say those same gentlemen, right, going back into that synopsis of it, that's the initial introduction of them, too? As they progressed, you know, as individuals, they was in different platoons or the same platoons? Different platoons, actually. Okay. So did they grow within themselves after that? Because I understand people look at the conflict for what it is, but then nobody never talk about growing from that experience. Yes. To be honest, one of them finished the program. The other one did. The other one went home probably like a week or two. Yeah. He went home two weeks after that. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. immediately after hardcore, I remember him. I don't remember his name in particular. But I remember the one kid that was just looking around, the innocent one, I'm going right. to say. But he was just looking around. He finished the program. So that goes to show you the one with the open mind that's just looking around trying to get familiar with everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He had a better opportunity to broaden his horizons just by, you know what I'm saying, just analyzing the situation he was in. And other than okay. the one that stuck in being complacent in the predicament he Grew up in and knowing, which is the street life. Anybody look at me wrong, I got to prove myself or I have to do stuff stuff a certain way just so I could be left alone instead of just accepting life for what it was. So he didn't want to change. You know what I'm saying? He knew what his weaknesses are. He knew what, you know what I'm saying? He knew what his strengths were. So clearly he went off into a different atmosphere, a different environment and didn't want to accept change. So, yeah, didn't want to didn't want to participate in in that reality, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, he I gave, agree. like I said, and that, the sad truth about it, he gave up right then and there with the whole program. Gave up right then and there. Didn't even want to try and fix his problems. Right, he just wanted to end. Lost call. I agree. That's actually will lead into, of course, that learning objective number three when you talk about goals and motivation. So it sounds like my man already killed his own pride before it, it had a chance to rebuild and manifest. You know, mm-hmm. and so. With that being said, let's say for those who's listening to this conversation right now, they may understand who they are. They may understand that they got some things that they're working on. But how important is goals and motivation? On a scale of one to 10, how would you factor that? I would say that's the second most important thing as far as a young individual to really focus on, but mm. outside of knowing who they are. Okay. For the simple, I'm going to say this uh, the best way is what's the point of having a car? If you don't have anywhere to go, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't have, all right, I'm or getting into a car if you don't okay. have nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, all right, I'm getting in my car, but where am I going? I'm just, you know what I'm saying? So you have to have a goal on where you're going in life in order for you to to succeed. You know what I'm saying? You can always just get in the car and drive around, but you're just burning gas. You know what I'm saying? Wasting time. That's true. When you could really be that is true. Putting miles behind you and been there, done that. 
Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But some people, it take a little while long. They got to go to that gas station a couple more times before they can actually just sit up there and be like, all right, open up Google Maps. I'm ready to get on this road and do something productive. You know what I'm saying? So Most definitely. That's just my mind. That's just how I look at it. You always have to have goals. Sometimes your motivation could be, I'm in a car that I don't like. You know what I'm saying? I want to get to a better car situation. Mm-hmm. So that could be your motivation. You know what I'm saying? I agree. That's most definitely. Now, when you was, you know, around that age, let's say 14, 15 years of age, right? Yeah. Usually around the time when people expect for you to start manifesting something yeah. to say, all right, you growing up to be a man. Now nah, we got to start treating you like a man, a man up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You acting like a little boy right now. Stop being childish. You know, you need yeah. to be an adult. That's usually when a lot of those jabs start being thrown at you. But for the full understanding of as an adult, what is expected of me, right? Let's say for those who have expectations of us, they wish for us to manifest into that adulthood prematurely in my opinion right you know so some things that people hold on to is what they cherish that's like a form of their identity and other people is trying to get them to do away with that so they could go into another mentality right so what i'm saying is when you was around 14 15 years old was something like writing stuff down on a piece of paper that was part of your motivation or was it more of the connection that you have with music was it more of the things that you participate in with friends? Like, where did you get your gauge from goals as in this is what I want and motivation as in this is how I'm going to apply myself to get it and I'm not going to let nobody stop. My motivation was mainly at 14, 15, my first actual job at 15. You know what I'm saying? I got hired okay. on the subway. The, they said you were supposed to be 16, but they said since I was like two months away from turning 16, they gave me a job. But my mom, she wasn't big into buying the biggest name brand of shoes for me. She was more of this is what I like, and this is what you're going to wear. You know what I'm saying? And this is what it is. This is what it's going to be. Yeah. So my motivation was always, all right, let me go on ahead and find a way for me to get my own pair of Jordans or the newest Nikes that came out so I can go on ahead and impress these females at my local high school, you know what I'm saying, that will remain unnamed. But <laughs> hmm. at the age of 14 or 15, that's what I was focused on. You know what I'm saying? So that's what made me want to. Hey, I want to work. I want to get a car. I want to have nice clothes. I want to have nice shoes and stuff, you know what I'm saying, to impress the girls in my school. But from there, once I stood up there and realized there's bigger goals outside of that, it was, hey, I want to have a car. You know what I'm saying? I want to have a nicer car. My first car was a 1997 Ford Contour. It was the same color as the Little Mermaid's tail. It was embarrassing, you know what I'm saying? But, hey, hey. But, hey, it got me from point A to point B. But at the, at the mind frame of 16-year-old, it uh-huh. isn't about point A and point B. It's about right. the four wheels how, that mode. how flashy you can get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So. If I'm understanding correctly, use that as like your foundation. It's like, this is where I need to build from here. You know, this is yeah, where I'm at. But then I imagine where I wish to be. And I'm going to start manifesting that and start moving in that way. Yeah. I'm, I'm a strong believer in self-motivation you know what i'm saying use what you have or what you don't have to try and get to what you want you know what i'm saying like like you are at the same time you always got to be humble and be appreciative of what you have you know what i'm saying hey i might not have the best car i might not have the best shoes at the same time i'm working towards it you know what i'm saying like this is this is my goal i want to have better shoes and stuff and i'm gonna wear these so when I do get my new shoes, you know what I'm saying, I can still wear these, but I can only wear my good shoes whenever I go somewhere. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like I always use what I have and what I don't have as, as self-motivation. 
that's the only that's that's the highest look at it. Because you know what I'm saying? I, I always looked at uh I'm not too proud to say this, but I idolize <laughs> uh, the local thugs and the drug dealers in my community <laughs> as as uh my my neighborhood heroes and stuff for the most part. They they inspired some of my style, you know what I'm saying? I, like I said, 14, 15, mindset of a, a young man at that age is mainly females, you know what I'm saying? So okay. I'm seeing, hey, that, that's what all females want, so that's what I was trying to, you know what I'm saying? That's what I was trying to do. So right, it took me right. a while to realize that type of lifestyle wasn't for me, you know what I'm saying? So it, it, what's, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, mistaking it, trial and error, you know okay, what I'm saying? Okay, trial and error. I tried it, made a mistake, it ain't worked. Mm-hmm. The tuition to the school experience, you know? That's all it is. You you was paying for an experience. Some things to be taught, some things to be learned. But if you experience it, you it resonates with you more. Would you say those who represented the things that attracted like qualities of what you were striving for? Would you say they understood what you was going through because that's what you heard in their music? Or was it more of how they presented themselves when it comes to interviews and how you seen them with documentaries they was in, what concepts they put in music videos? Like what was it that really resonated with you? Did, was you the one who would like do the history? Like you look at the interview and go to Wikipedia and try to fact check all the stuff that they have going on? Or are you like you following their first album that they put out, their first body of work? And, you know, three albums later, how did they grow? And you look at that as them developing themselves the way you develop yourself. Like how exactly did you go about it? As far as with the music aspect, I was pretty wise when it came to the music aspect. Like I always looked at like my favorite artist. You know what I'm saying? I always looked at them as exactly what they were, just regular artists. Right, right. I couldn't compare their lifestyle to mine because then that wouldn't be fair. I don't know exactly what they went through or how they was brought up or anything like that. So, I, but I can relate to some of the songs. You know what I'm saying? So, okay. I just go off of that. So, so, like I told you the other day off air, it was my two idols growing up or role models was Alan Iverson and Lil Wayne. So, I know Wayne raps about some absurd stuff, but it wasn't... A wide variety of topics. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know for a fact, Wayne raps about killing people, messing with this woman, or you got this much money. Basically, you know what I'm saying? That that same lifestyle that, you know what I'm saying, I grew up out of life. So he's basically putting everything that I wanted to imitate into words and put a book behind it. So I can listen to that. But then as I got older, I started listening to a wider variety of music. I started mm-hmm. listening to T.I. Then somebody told me about this guy called Big Creek. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, then J. Coles came out and all that. So, there's always room for growth. But then I look at how music affects today's youth and stuff. It's a powerful tool. Yeah, as far as with all the new trend in hip-hop is drugs. You know what I'm saying? That's 90% of all rap players nowadays. It's Pretty much. Drugs. So it seems. On the yeah. mainstream, you know, on yeah. the radio waves and, and all that. In fact, I'm about to ask you another question. There's a lot of things that is being put on the radio waves. I don't listen to the radio more, full disclosure. I mean, I'm, how much streaming service and all that stuff out there? But what's crazy is that, let's say they would change the content of the song. Let's say a little word, like, you know, cut out an expletive here, curse word there. Yeah. But you still get the same quality of a record right i mean obviously you'll understand the difference when you buy the explicit version right but what i'm saying is a lot of things that is being projected into society's mind right now there is no 
validation of fact checking this or is this beneficial to what would manifest and grow a productive environment? Right. It looks like it seems there's more detrimental. It's amplified. Like we need to play this more, spin this some more. Like everybody offended by it, but keep playing it because in time it'll grow on them. That seems to be the mentality compared to, let's say, the J. Coles being more consistent, Kendrick Lamar's being more consistent, and those who have similar context and impact for what it is that they're doing, yeah. the messages that they are presenting. When yeah, I look at but, but the, go ahead. Yeah, I ain't mean to cut y'all, right, but that goes me. back to what I was saying. I listen to certain stuff based off of what I can relate to. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what I feel like a lot of today's youth like to do. They want to listen to stuff that they can relate to. Right. Like, say, say they can sit up there and like take your NBA young boys and your Kevin Gates and all that fast, but you know, real hot right now. Yeah, exactly. They having more impact than preachers in and let's say positive role models, quote unquote. Like for everybody's doing stuff the positive way, it's not considered as impactful. Like we already know, case in point, Kevin Gates came to U Challenge program in Carville, right? And he just sat there. Now, keep in mind, I know me and you take a lot of pride in what it is that we're doing because we manifesting something. We invest in some type of stock. We building this type of brand. We adding value to what it is that these young gentlemen and some young ladies as well, they're going to go out and manifest this, amplify this, and invest in somebody else. That's our thought process. Right. But Kevin Gates could come and speak to him for one hour, and that's like equivalent to what we was doing for five and a half months. You know, them 22 weeks of constant development, holding accountable ensuring that they are disciplined to the point where they understand that it doesn't take for us to inspire them is really what they do themselves. Man, Kevin Gates came in and talked to him for an hour. Everybody inspired now. We got doctors now. We got lawyers now. You know, I I got a little offended on the slick because I was like, man, what I do was impactful because it was like we didn't see the return on our investment until two years later when somebody was like, hey, Sean Strickland, hey, Sean Davis, I appreciate what y'all did for me type stuff. You know, he didn't forget about Kevin Gates, though. I'm going to put yeah. that out there. He didn't forget about Kevin Gates, but the fact that he, he was still able to validate the lessons that we taught him and came back and said, y'all was the real breadwinner. You know, yeah. I see what it is that y'all was doing. For some people, it's the, Sarge, two years, I didn't understand, but I see what you mean now. Like, it makes sense. In fact, I want to go back to YCP. That way I can learn more. Right. And it's like, nah, if you got what it was, the teachings right there. I say, if a lot of people walking around dead, man, you got that ability to put a defibrillator on them and bring them back to life. Right. You know, put that inspiration and aspiration back inside of them, you know, and they could pick up where they left off. Like you didn't waste your time. You just experienced other things. So now when you manifest things in a productive way, you don't have to be tied down with what other people are doing. And I think that's the impact that we had left on them. But you was about to say something? Yeah. What I was saying was basically, you know what I'm saying? The exact same thing you were saying, how as a cadre, we could say something a hundred times a day and it, it just wouldn't fit in. But then someone else will come in, you know what I'm saying, like Kevin Gates, and they'll say it, and then boom. Oh, okay, it makes sense now. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay, I got it. That's what, you know what I'm saying, that's what inspired my style of cadre. I'd always try and relate whatever I could into. That is true. Like, whatever I was trying to teach them or say, I'd always try and find the best method of relating what I'm trying to say to that individual so that way they can comprehend what I'm saying. Right. Like I said, I listen to certain artists because I can relate to it. A lot of kids can only react to certain adults or individuals because they can't relate to that individual. Correct. They might be made like the same way. Me and you could be saying the exact same thing, trying to get the kid to do the exact same thing. Right. The kid may have a bigger vocabulary. Mm-hmm. So I sit back and let you allow you to go ahead, you know what I'm saying, work your match. Now, kid come off a little rough around the edges. 
hold my beer and watch this. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah, yeah, I remember that. I'm gonna bring it up on there. I was sitting there. It was just one little rascal walked out of class, and I, I was doing my best. Inspiration to the T. I'm talking whatever motivational speaker you could think of that's impactful. I was channeling that said individual. So in my mind, I'm doing my best. I'm giving her all she's got. And after that, I just was like, well, I quit. I give up. This don't make no sense. And that's when, that's when Brother Dave was just like, come here, young man. Let me talk to you. So. You sell drugs, right? So after that, I didn't lost my mind. I was like, how are you going to talk to somebody about selling drugs? The whole point of the program is for them not to relate to it. So the kid was like, yeah. And he was like, well, how you break a breakdown? And so the kid was confused. And he said, you know what? You seem like a smart person. If you got $50, $20 bills, what that equals, right? And so the kid obviously gave the wrong answer because he was so caught up in just what the numbers is. So Sunday was like, see, that's what I'm trying to tell you. You don't know how to break a breakdown. You don't know what 20 out of the $50 is. You over here talking about 100 That don't make no sense. So he was saying you break a brick down all the way to the nickel bags, and you know how much that costs. So that way, if you're giving this to somebody on the block to sell, you already know what their number should be back and if they're trying to cut you or not. And so I'm just sitting here like this don't make no sense. But the whole moral of the story is you need to learn math if you want to better yourself. And so after that, the kid said, I get what you're saying, Sarge. The boy went back in class. I was pissed off. I couldn't believe it. I said, so you mean to tell me all this positivity and greatness on speaking don't mean nothing? But if you say you have to learn math to break break down, next thing you know, he was the number one focused person in the class. You know, that burned me, but it had to get me to understand that if I'm not able to resonate with somebody, or I'm not able to speak the language that they are familiar with, I'm wasting my time. Yeah, because to go ahead and give you my secret to that particular kid. I had talked to him probably like a couple of days, maybe a week prior to, uh-huh. and I was always giving him a, a motivational speech as far as if you don't do something, you won't be the best. You know what I'm saying? No matter what it is you do, you always got to strive to be the best. And that's the whole point of doing something is to always be the best person you can be, uh, be the best janitor, be the best manager, whatever it is you want to be. You know what I'm saying? So with that, I even told him then. I was like, hey, like, what you want to be when you grow up? I singled him out. I said, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, now I just want to move this dope. That's it. You know what I'm saying? I was like, all right, oh, so wow. you're going to be the best drug dealer. That's how I had insight that he wanted to be a drug dealer already. So, you know what I'm saying? If he said, I'm going to be the best one to watch, so I got you. I was like, all right, you're going to be the top dog wherever you at. I'm going to see to <laughs> So, with mm-hmm. that, like you said, it goes into the story. It was like, all right, how you going to be the top dog into moving drugs? And you don't even know how much money you're supposed to have. Right. So, you know, I want to come work for you. I really want to come work for you. I want to come in with everything you got, bring you about $500, and I'm going to keep all the rest of it. And you don't even know it. All you know is you're making money. You just see money coming in. That's it. Right. So how you going to choose a lifestyle and you don't know everything that comes with you? You have to be the smartest person. I hate to say it, but in that career path, it's the wrong career path, but... At the end of the day, if you're going to choose that, you have to be pretty smart. You got to be able to watch everybody in the street. You got to know exactly how certain people move. You have to be a people person. You got to be a mathematician. You have to be a very... Understand what is expected of that field and you perfect it. So just like an athlete, just like an artist, just like, you know, a professor, a doctor, there's things that they're familiar with, which would go right into that learning objective number four with application. Like, how is it that people are applying themselves? So... When you look at rate of progression, mm-hmm. when I think of application, I think of rate of progression. At how much progress am I making in how much time? That's how I look at it. Right. When you go about doing things, do you time yourself in doing it? 
or let's say we're cutting hair, for example. Mm-hmm. How do you apply that logic? Are you applying it based off of the conversation you have with the person, the quality of the cut that person wants, or like when it talks about application itself? It don't have to be just barbering with your license then. What I'm saying is anything in a form of application, how did you gauge that? As far as me applying, progressing? Progressing, yeah. As far as you applying yourself, you putting yourself in the positions where you can make progress, getting that traction, finding your footing, getting that stride. All right, so boom, here I am. When I first picked up the Clippers and went to barbering school, I didn't know anything. I'm not going to lie, I didn't know nothing. I went to school, and I was just, I'm just here. I want to learn. And thank God, shout out to Miss Rebecca Washington, my favorite teacher of all time. Of all time. Yeah, she basically grabbed me by the collar and picked me up and put me under her wing. And you know what I'm saying? I fell in love with it. Once you fall in love with something and you're passionate about it, that should be motivation enough. Like I said prior earlier it would be anything that i do i want to be the best i'm very competitive so i want to be the best in anything i want to do so if i'm going to be a barber i want to be the best if i'm not there yet just because i was in school i'm learning at the rate that they're teaching but i want to learn more faster i'm the student in the class that has zero experience cutting hair when I'm in a classroom with 15 other people that they couldn't have 5, 10, 15 years, but now they're just not trying to go legit and get a license. Right. So with that, I'm watching them. I'm listening to the teacher. There's thousands of different methods to cutting hair. So you can learn something from anybody, it, even if it's somebody that's doing it the wrong way. Okay. I can watch and learn from you what not to do. That's making me better. And also, I can look at it and help this person. I might know a little something that's going to help them. So, you know what I'm saying? Now, hey, look, we're going to learn this together. It takes more than one person. Believe it or not, in order for you to become better, it's going to take more than one person. You always going to need somebody. But at the same time, I didn't stop my progression just, all right, I did my hours for the day at school. I'm going home, doing my thing. No, I, man, I had barber videos on YouTube. I'm watching YouTube videos, my entire Instagram timeline was just barber videos and stuff I'm looking at different pictures i'm looking at different clippers every day just researching and learning at all times i learned that from again no i would say my favorite basketball player like i said alan iverson but he didn't practice so you ain't talking about the game yeah You're talking about practice couldn't credit him for that but i, I learned that from kobe that he was like basically I learned it from Kobe, but I heard it from Lil Wayne. Like I said, my other role model. He said his favorite basketball player was Kobe Bryant. Like I said, I can't relate to everything that my favorite artists do. You know what I'm saying? But I can learn from him. So he was like, he met Kobe Bryant, who was his favorite basketball player, this day and the third, and he had a conversation with him. And he said, with the conversation that he had with him, Kobe Bryant is a very intelligent human being, but at the same time, all he could talk about was basketball. Right. Which goes right. back into what we were saying earlier. But at the same time, that shows you he knows his craft. Mm-hmm. He was one of the best players at that time. So it's awesome. And he also knows what he don't know. Like, hey, I'm, I'm not familiar with that, but I'm going to let you have that because I know what I know, you know? Right. So, and that opened my eyes to, okay, if this is the best basketball player in the league at the time, he focused mainly on basketball, basketball and family. That's all he could speak about. If I'm going to be a barber, all I need to know is barbering and basketball. I mean, I was about to say basketball. All <laughs> barbering and family. You know what I'm saying? Those were my two key points at the time. So if I was with my family, I would focus on barbering. And again, trial and error is going to be 
times where you don't know something and you feel going, you just sometimes you got to push through with your progression. You may mess up. Don't give up just because you messed up. You, you got to have that motivation to sit up there and be like, all right, I'm still going to master this. A quick story to caveat off that. Give it to me. One of my best friends, Sergeant Alexander, he was the first client whose hair I cut. You know what I'm saying? From Baton Rouge, she wanted to Philly fade with a little sponge on top. The you NBA man. young boy had cut. So, the classic. Yeah. So with that, if I had just started barber school October of 2016. Yeah, October 2016. With that, I, it was Thanksgiving that same year. <laughs> now, keep in mind, I don't know nothing about cutting hair. Now, all I was was a man with some clippers, and I've been to school for a little over a month. And I was like, man, I'm comfortable enough to go home and fade somebody by myself. You know what I'm saying? First time. So on Thanksgiving, I go by this man's house. I bring my clippers. I'm talking to him. I got the YouTube video going on in the back. I'm doing exactly what they're doing. Mess this man hell Yeah, he'll be up there and tell you. <laughs> yeah, I messed him up real bad that day. On Thanksgiving, he was like, this is how I knew he was a real swinger. He looked at it in the mirror. He was like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? That ain't what I want, but it ain't good. He said, hey, it ain't that good, but no. don't trip. You know what I'm saying? I got a couple of extra dollars. Bring this to the mall real quick. Mm-hmm. All right. Brought him to the mall. He bought a uh, LSU basketball cap. <laughs> and said, all right, let's go. We're going to rock that for you know a week or two. We're going to yeah. bounce back. And, yeah. And to this day, you know what I'm saying? That man still calls me before he calls anybody else to get a haircut. Because I have so much growth and so much progression that then came from that. So he, he put a lot of trust in me. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes that's all you need for somebody to trust in you mm. in order for you to really Motivate yourself. Like I said, everybody's going to need somebody. Right. If I didn't have the motivation after I sit there and miss that man, I could have sit there and put the clipper down right then and there. Didn't you want to go back to school? You know what I'm saying? So That would have been the end. But, yeah. Yeah. Everybody hear about that success, but everybody talk about how many failures it takes to get to that level of success. Nobody wish to have those right. discussions because it get a bit uncomfortable, you know? Right. I agree. So, the main part of progression is no matter what, don't lose focus and Know what you want. You know what I'm saying? As long as you putting forth that effort and consistency, yeah, it's bound to effort, happen. You have to want something. You know what I'm saying? Like right. that goal. Like I said, once you, you get that it. car and you know your destination that you're trying to get to, no man, to you. just abide by the police. Stop you not on no. the road. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you again. I, I learned from Lil Wayne on the road to success. You're going to need some roadside assistance somewhere. <laughs> somewhere? I agree. You know that, that's legit. So, that was a good one. Yeah. So, so with that, yeah, go ahead. No, no. With that, go and finish your thought. Yeah. So with that, all the time, you're going to mess up. You're going to have letdowns, but you always got to stay focused, motivated, and just keep trying. The moment you give up, that means now you don't waste the gas money to this destination that you don't even want to go to no more. Now you got to turn around, refuel, replan, map out. And now you change that risk. You just wasted the more time of your life. I agree. That goes into that learning objective number five, which is reassessment. And what you're saying, it literally rolls right into it. Because how many times are you assessing yourself as in going through your checklist of I'm doing this, I'm doing that. So if you would have never continued after that experience, you know, you know, like on a barbershop, you sit down and chat and hit, yeah, I got mm-hmm. you, dog. <laughs> and he hit him yeah. with that. 
I'm pretty sure there was some form of reassessment that was done either for the person in the chair or for the person who the barber for that experience. Because mm-hmm. the person in the chair could do a reassessment saying, all right, I know I need to, let's say, go elsewhere, experience other things and see if I could grow from that. That's a reassessment of the situation. Right. Just like the barber could say, hey, look, man, yeah, I got you. Go to hit that for free. Go to double back next time. I owe this to you. Yeah. you know? So it's just a reassessment of things. I think a lot of people are just scared to the thought of failure. Is what stops them from actually experiencing things. Yeah, but sometimes in my failure was the only thing I was scared of. I was more scared of not succeeding. Like right now, as a barber, I'm not where I want to be at. I'm 10 times better than what I started off at. You know what I'm saying? But Due to that reassessment, I, I, those milestone yeah, checkpoints. Right. My goal is always to be the best. And so anywhere I go or any city I go in, people are calling my phone. And they want a haircut from me. I That's don't love. want to. I'm not there yet. Once I get there, then I'm going to find another goal. I want to be cutting. I don't care if it's the president of the United States. I want to cut everybody's health. The current president? Man, I don't care who it is. You know what I'm saying? I, say well, right. I thought you were talking about the former president. Yeah. Like his face was be, a little great back then. Yeah, I want my make haircuts great again. I want <laughs> to be the guy that everybody wants to cut their hair, no matter where you're at. So with that, it goes from how you were saying, if I mess up on somebody else, don't worry about it. I'm going to assess what I uh, messed up on and I'm going to learn from it. That's exactly what it was. I messed up a lot of times. I was in the barracks a couple of times, you know what I'm saying? Messed up. I wasn't charging nobody at the time. It was just, look, I'm practicing. For the sake of experience. Yeah. And it was better what they was getting. Even your worst was the the other barber's best. All they were doing, they were cutting bald heads. <laughs> Let me get the life fed. Right. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like my first three or four months at barber school, I didn't know anything. So most of the time, especially after that Thanksgiving with Alexander uh, incident, I always right. say if if I don't feel comfortable doing it or I don't know how to cut that style hair or that style of haircut, I'd always say just meet me at school because I know for a fact I have teachers there that's going to walk me through it so that way I can learn it. You know right. what I'm saying? And that way you could at least start with a halfway decent haircut. So that way, all right, it ain't perfect, but It'll get me to next week. Right. And I lost a couple people on the route today. I thought I was about 15, finished with about four, but it is what it is. But it's all in trial and error. Like I said, once you you get the fear of failing out your head. Nothing but success after that, baby. Nothing but growth. Yeah. And that's one thing that's possible. She said, once you get the mind frame as a barber, no matter what, if you feel like you don't know what you're doing, you're not going to do good. You're too scared to cut the hair the way it's supposed to be cut. You don't want to cut too much. You're not cutting it enough right. because you think you're going to kill them. Your hand's shaking because you're nervous. When you walk into a barbershop and you see barbers, then most of the time they're in there talking, they're in their comfort zone. You know what I'm right. saying? They're talking about sports. They're talking about whatever's going on. They're comfortable. If you sit in the barber's chair and you be like, man, give me give me an uptown fade. And he say, huh? What's that? You didn't lost. 50% of your confidence in this man because he said he don't know what it is. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Just off deck. So once you go to the slide and get that fake phone call, uh, I got to catch this one and run up out there. Yeah. So this day and age now, the first thing they do is, oh, let me pull up a picture and show you. If, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, you might be in a different town and they might oh, call it's called a different, something you know different. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So with that, you can sit up there and once you show him a picture and he can say, and he don't say, oh, okay, I got you, I got you, or something confident like that. Right. And he says, okay, I could try that. 
man, no eating, no fluff. You know what I'm saying? You want that? You want that? I get nervous. They say you want that as a number one or a number two, huh? Yeah. <laughs> when they talk about the guard yeah. levels and stuff like that, I, I, I get scared after that. You know what? Um, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, and I'm pretty sure you can contest to this as well. Like once, you know what I'm saying? When I was still practicing and was in school, I'd cut your hair a couple times, and I'd be sitting there. You tell me you just want to pay for it and all that. I'd right. sit there and I'd be reciting all the uh, chapters and stuff that I learned in school. You know what I'm saying? Just basically showing you, hey, you in good hands right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna mess you up. You know what I'm saying? I know what I'm doing with this. That's basically we just studied this in chapter six. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'll tell you exactly why. How many times do you believe that you have to do a reassessment in order to make progress? Like, you know how some people say, man, in order for you to make progress in this one step, you got to fail at least 10 times. In order for you to get to that, yes, you got to hit no 99 times. You know, that 100 slaps. If you didn't get your 99 slaps yet, you're not going to find that girl who's going to accept you. If you haven't been rejected 99 times, you would not find that person who could say yes. Yeah. You know, so how many times do you think somebody have to experience something? Just as it not exactly how many times, but is there some type of formula that you have? Like if I get three setbacks that set me up for a major comeback, like how do you go about the rate of progression and reassessments? All right. I made two steps. Let me evaluate. Keep going. Like, how do you go about it? I mean, with me, like I said, with the Alexander story, you know, that was the perfect example. That motivated me. So you say every time you cut his hair is a reassessment? <laughs> As a barber, every haircut is a reassessment. You know what I'm saying? No matter how good you are. Okay. You all, I, I reflect on, I remember a good 60% of, of haircuts I've done. You know what I'm saying? I'm always going to remember my first ball fade or my first taper. I remember my first pro shaper. You know what I'm okay. saying? My first female client that wanted to go natural. Mm. I remember all of that because to a lot of them, like I had one kid. He was nine years old. He was a big Golden State fan at the time. And with that, I, I'm talking to him while he was getting his dreads cut off and he wanted to, you know what I'm saying, bring it down to a low haircut. So with that, I let somebody else cut the dreads and I went ahead and knocked the hair down and, and gave him a, a little table. So with that, even though the parents loved it. The kids loved it and all that. You know what I'm saying? Right. I looked at it as, okay, I did a good job on it, but it's not as good as what I see on YouTube. It's not what I see on Instagram. I mean, somebody else. Right. You think that's sabotaging yourself, though? No, 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 no. That's what motivates me. Like I said, I want to be the best. So right. with that, it's like, all right, it was a good cut, but I know for a fact that I can be a thousand times better than that. And that's why I take a lot of pictures once I sit up there and finish with a cut. It's not just for advertising. It's also for my personal growth. And I can sit up there and look at, I can show you photos from when I first started. I can show you photos from when I started getting comfortable and can do any style I could to now. And I see the growth, which shows me that I'm still on the right path. Okay. So with that, it's, my goal, like I said, I want to be up there with the greatest. Right now, I believe one of those guys that smashed the barber from back. Well, he's from originally from Bogaloosa, you know what I'm saying, 985. But he opened up, his, he started his career in Bogaloosa and took off from there. And now he's up in Houston, Texas, putting the Houston Rockets and local NBA players that come to Houston and stuff for a basketball game. He couldn't trace the bridge. He's not just a barber, he's a <laughs> right. brand. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? That's my motivation. He's an inspiration. He's motivation. 
But sooner or later, he's going to be competition. That's the way I look at it. I got to eat. But you know what I'm saying? It's like he found his calling, his sense of purpose, and he just started manifesting it. Yes. Which would lead to that. Yeah. Go ahead. He's one of my biggest influences right now because he's to the point in his career to where he's basically at where I'm at, where I want to be at. And he's giving so much gain back to people like me that still learning and still hungry for it. One thing I learned from him that was the, the most impactful thing he ever did, he was like, a lot of people want to know how do you build celebrity clientele so quickly? Okay. He was like, that's the number one question he's always asked. And he said, every client that you get to sit in your chair should be a celebrity. You know what I'm saying? When they get out your chair, they should, you know what I'm saying, basically feel like a celebrity. Okay. That's the biggest game that. So that's not a haircut, that's an experience. Yeah, so that's exactly what I'm looking for. I don't want you to come to me and be. Oh, I'm just getting. Let me get the cookie cutter. Yeah. Cookie cutter fade on at number three. And thank you, sir. Have a nice day. You want them to be like, man, I really enjoyed this. I want to come back. Yeah. I want to give you, I'm bag the barber. You know what I'm saying? Blending and grooming. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm doing. Blaze and guard. There you go. So with that, once you come to me, we're going to have a a wonderful conversation. I'm going to give you the best cut that I could possibly give you. You know what I mean? Exactly what you came there for. You know what I'm saying? Exactly how you pictured it. And we're going to go from there. I'm trying to get this facial steamer so that way you can get a better experience. You know what I'm saying? It's all about growth. I don't want to be one of them barbers that you just come there and get a haircut and leave. No, you know what you need. Hair wash, you know, or shampoo is supposed to be shampoo. All right, now you're going to make somebody jealous now. You know, baby love going to be like, where you going to the barbershop? You spend too much time there. The same amount of time you spend at the beauty salon. So tell me what the problem is. Let me take care of me. It's called self-maintenance for a reason. And you're going to cause arguments. That's what you're going to do. Hey. By all me, and I flip it, I tell a lot of the uh, my clients that came to me and they had like their girlfriends or whatever with them. I'm like, hey, once I finish, like, hey, I am not responsible for any children that's made off of this haircut. You know what I'm saying? That's part of my my children. But that that all comes with being inspired, trying to protect yes. my craft. So, what would you define as as a sense of purpose for you personally? I know a lot of people that maybe the the craftsmanship is not something that they would resonate with, but there's everybody will have a sense of purpose. Because mm-hmm. if they don't, something is wrong. So what would you define as your sense of purpose? I know you discussed it, but I'm talking about from the realm of you being the best version of yourself. My purpose is, for one, to be a God-loving man. You know what I'm saying? Because even in the Bible, it tells you to learn the book, learn the gospel. And I'm not going to use the term preach. But influence others to want to give their life to Christ. You know what I'm saying? I call it investing in them. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, also, I want to put up there and be the best father that I could possibly be. I'm basically an influence. I'd say that's my purpose. I have to be an influence pretty much 99% of the time. Because, again, my kids are watching me. God is always watching me. If I'm cutting somebody's hair, somebody's watching me. You know, especially <laughs> my partner. If they don't see you, they feel you. You know, <laughs> right? And watching Pete and cameras watching you, <laughs> kids are watching you. You know what I'm saying? No uh, matter yep. what you're doing, somebody's watching you. Because as soon as you slip up, that's when somebody can say they got you. So you always want to be the best influence or role model you can possibly Fact. be. Fact, and they like to highlight what it is that maybe you misstep somewhere or whatever. Man, they have so much confidence. And saying what it is that you was not able to address. They have so much confidence in saying, 
all right, you said this, but the way you conducting yourself, it looked like you contradicting yourself. Man, right. some people are overly passionate in, let's say, well, this is how I'm explaining. What I had told one of my little rascals was, I said, driving on the interstate, right? Yep. How many yeah. exits do you pass up? You know? He was like, yeah. well, it depends on how far you're going. And I was like, that's the point. Not every exit is for you. Now, right. if you like me, I'm bad with direction. Even Siri could say, 1,000 feet, take a left. I don't know 1,000 feet, so I get nervous and take the right. left. You know what I'm saying? That turn wasn't for me, but I took it anyway. Mm-hmm. But then something happens, it's just rerouting. You know what I'm saying? Make the block or take a right right here. You know, we're going to change the route. You're going to reach your destination at this time. And I was like, all right. So like you say, influencing people, I would say the same thing. Guiding others would be like my sense of purpose. Yeah. And in fact, I would define it as the thing that you understand, but not everybody can relate to. That's what I would define as my purpose. Right. Because for some things that I do, not a lot of people understand it. How they would look at what we have done. Why are you so passionate about this? Hey, it's 5 p.m., man. You could clock out. You know what I'm saying? And it, man, it's 7 p.m. You still here? You still on the clock? Like, nah, homie, I clocked out at 5. Mm-hmm. Now I'm putting in the work. I right. did the 12-hour shift because that's expected. I'm staying behind because this is me invested now. You know, some people, they mm-hmm. don't understand that logic. Not saying that they have yep. to, but it's like they can never understand the amount of fulfillment that people, that say the other person is doing to get that sense of purpose because they feeling as if they at their best right now. I'm really working. So after people, they do their 12 hours, man, I'm done. I'm tired. It's like we do our 12 because that was expected. Then after that, now we get to work, you know? Yeah. And so just like cutting hair. Mm-hmm. Go that's ahead. one thing I always admired about you at, at the job, too, because I was like, yeah, he, you know what I'm saying? We just did a 12 hour shift and this man is still there. You know what I'm saying? And I don't mm-hmm. know if you ever heard of me sit up there and say it. Nah, y'all. I don't know if you ever heard of me sit up there and say it, but I was like, nah, there's, that's what me and you are the same and me and you are different. At, you okay. know what I'm saying? Never so with that, it was like, this, this is what me and you are the same and me and you are different when it comes to that aspect. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, he's putting in the work after the house, you know what I'm saying? Showing that he's really there to influence the kids, you know what I'm saying? Help and motivate and just do all the extra. Yeah, but the way I looked at it, the way I looked at it from my aspect was, man, I'm going to give it all I got. In these 12 hours. Mm. So by the time these 12 hours up, I have nothing left to give them. So with that, you know what I'm saying? That's how I look at it. But like I said, I'm very competitive. So once I seen you doing that, that made me, all right, I got to. Oh, it ain't over. <laughs> yeah. I got to do a little extra. I got to do more. You know what I'm saying? So like I said, that drives me. When I see right. somebody else giving more, I was like, all right, cool. That's what I call that friendly competition. You know, The infamous. You always know. I always remember you for this. I see you and raise your one. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was one platoon, right? A platoon that I shall not name. About to say three, four weeks with him. It was three, four weeks with him, man. I was like, I, hey, is it me? I know I'm doing this right. You know what I'm saying? I'm teaching about a book. The next position I would name, explain, have demonstrated, and you would conduct practical work on. Like, I'm giving it my best. So I'm like, I think they're not resonating with it. So me, I always go back book, read the book. And then I'm like, all right, we about to do it again. We about to do it again. In time, I said, repetition is like the father of all lessons. So if you keep doing it so many times, eventually it'll click in, whether you want it to or not. And so that's when you came in, like, all right, Strick, I see what you got there. Let's see what we're working with. Disappeared for about a week, came back. Everything that I visioned 
I promise you, everything in my sleep that I had in my mind when I woke up and said, I'm a manifest, I seen them doing it, but I wasn't beside them. <laughs> and I was like, what in the hell? Look on the other side of uh, the formation, it was you. I was like, yeah, that boy good. That boy good. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. I said, this don't make no sense. Yeah. I'm going to put it like this. There's the same way when I said when it comes to being a barber, there's thousands of different ways you can cut the hair and it's going to come out looking good. Right. There's thousands of different ways to teach. My way was that influential way. First, you have to build those bits up. You know what I'm saying? Right. You have to motivate them to want to be great. If they already, look, I don't want to be here. You won't always have that. But I don't want to be here, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to learn. I don't want to do none of this, you know what I'm saying? It's not even fun. Cool, you, you done lost them before you even then taught them how to go to position of attention, mm. which is the first thing you teach them. So with that, you have to win them over the moment you sit up there and speak to them. A lot of people, the first thing they want to teach them is how to be quiet. That's going to come. As long as you're talking and they respect you, they're going to be quiet. You know what I'm saying? Regardless. So, you know, they're like once, like when Kevin Gates came, we didn't have to tell them to be quiet that one time. They fuck up and they were listening. No, no, if anything, I was asking, why y'all not talking? Hmm? You thought you had so much to say. <laughs> yeah. So he won them just by dropping all of the music. That's what I say. When I first introduced myself to the cadet, I'm not telling them to be quiet. I'm not yelling. I'm not screaming. I'm not about to curse that school. It's, me talking at a regular, like how I'm talking now. Look, my name is Sergeant Davis. Been here long enough to be able to teach you anything that, is, that there is to know about this program. Mm. Now, with that, I'm not here to tell you about me. I'm here to make you a better version of there you. There you go. So if you want to make this these next five months miserable and you just here just to be here, that's on you. Now, if you want to have fun, you want to look the best, you want to become the best, you want to be able to impress your, your parents, you want to impress yourself, you want to impress to get a job, or whatever it is you want to do, mm. all you have to do is listen and learn. And you will see the overall result in the end. Once you tell them that, boom, the next thing I will name, explain, and have demonstrated to you, and you'll conduct practical work on mm. is the position of attention. There we go. And that's when I stop. I say, do y'all understand everything I just said to y'all? Normally, that, they're going to say, yes, yes, sir. Yep. Right. That's when they normally say, yes, sir. We got no, I don't want nobody to feel played. I know everybody don't learn at the same way. I know everybody's vocabulary isn't on the same level. So I'm going to try this. The first thing I'm going to teach y'all is something called the position of attention or POA. So when y'all hear me say this, I'm going to demonstrate to you what you're going to do. Do y'all understand me now? Yes, Lord, yes. Cool. So which one y'all rather than you say? The next position I would name, explain, have demonstrate to you if you sound like a robot, or do you want me to talk to you like you're a grown man? Like a grown man. Talk me like a real one. Like a real one. Cool. Now, I have their attention. They're ready to learn. They understand what I'm there for and how I'm going to show them. From there, you break it down to them piece by piece. Put your heels together. All you got to do is put your heels together. You ain't got to tell them 45 degrees. You just put your heels together. And keep your toes apart. You know what I'm saying? Have your toes come out. Try and make your feet like a V. You know what I'm saying? Just have your feet like a V. Then from there, 
slightly bend your knees, but it shouldn't be noticeable. But stand straight up. Mm-hmm. Ball your fist up, put your thumb on the second knuckle. You know what I'm saying? Where it bends at the second time. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Do a brief walk through check. You know what I'm saying? From there, head and eyes forward, mouth should be closed. You are not allowed to talk in this position. You don't move. You don't scratch. You don't do nothing. Head and eyes. You should be a perfect statue in this position. And that's how you break a brick down. Exactly. And then from there, you can go in and reassert. All right, your feet should be at a 45-degree angle. You know what I'm saying? You ask them, how many degrees should your feet be at? 45. I didn't hear you. How many feet? How many uh, degrees should your feet be at? 45. All right. You can implement all the terminology that YCP would want you to teach them, mm-hmm. that they would want them to know then, because they already know position of attention. Now, all they try to learn is the words that you the use. The concept you know that goes into it, the reasons right. as to why. So, I wanted to say that there's a lot of people who show them what they need to do. This is how you need to look. This is what you should do. But they're not teaching what is the purpose of it, why they do it, what concept goes with it, right. what discipline does this instill. So it's like they're checking the boxes, but it's still nothing. But how do I put this? You know what they say, like tofu or whatever. Like, yeah, it tastes like something, but it's not really the real thing, you know? Or this, yeah, we could give you all these microwavable things because you got it quickly, but does it still have the same impact as a home-cooked meal, as that oven, right. you know? And right. I think that Absolutely. is the, the real make or break. So you really focus, well, would you say about five weeks of consistency is just you reiterating the bare mm-hmm. essentials because you want them to be perfected, be proficient with it. But whenever right. when it's time to show everybody the progress you're making, it, it literally shows. You know what I'm saying? And that was one of the things that when it comes to marching or you being able to provide information to them, that always right. been the thing. So I was like, I I know I can't compete at that level. And no matter how hard I try, it was always, I was going for the traditional approach, right? The traditional mindset. I didn't have the creative mindset. Because you'll take it to where somebody relate to it. Rather it's music, mm-hmm. rather it's sports, rather it's experiences in life. You're not teaching it from a binder. Yeah. But the crazy part is they will know everything that the binder mm-hmm. is supposed to be explaining to them because they were interested in learning. So in a way, they taught themselves as you gave them the tools and resources. Exactly. Now, if you love a, everything that I've talked to you about, you know what I'm saying, this whole time, right. I always transform my platoons into that. Right. Because I feel like it is, if I can break it down to as the army with a Barney style. <laughs> if you don't understand how I'm going to teach it to you, it's not me, it's you. So <laughs> I hate to give them that real truth like that, but the number one thing I'd use to motivate my platoon would always be the other platoon. I'd always sit up there and sit up there and be like, do y'all want to be okay? Y'all just want to get by? Y'all just want to pass the uh, thing, pass the uh, inspection? Yeah, mm-hmm. Or do y'all want to march around here and be like God? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you marching around and... Have ownership of something. Everybody know you own this space. Mm-hmm. No matter what. No matter who it is. If it's a counselor, a defect worker, a teacher, a nurse. You know what I'm saying? No matter who it is. Whenever they see y'all, they know exactly who y'all are without them even knowing, like, personnel that's in the platoon. You know what I'm saying? All they know is, man, they sound good. They look good. That must be third platoon. You know what I'm saying? You know, that like that's the goal of how I'm gonna teach. Be the best version of yourself. So once I slip up, and you know how the training schedule is in the first two weeks, you're Hectic. only supposed to do so much in yes. the first day. Like the man, training wheels. Man, look, I got two weeks to teach them. In my mind, man, I got three days to teach you everything, and I got a bonus 
I'm lying. I got a week to teach you everything, and I got a bonus week just to, to perfect it, and we're going to learn some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, where I got cocky at was I really taught them everything that first week. You know what I'm saying? I really taught them everything in the first week. They mastered it in the first week. But they had the passion now, to learn it as well. Come Monday, when everybody else is still, you know what I'm saying? You got two or three out of step. You still trying to master the counter column and all that. I could sit back and look at my platoon. Like we formed up on the quad, getting ready to go to lunch child or something. And we're looking at these other platoons. They're still practicing, trying to do counter columns. And then I hit them with a to the wind march. Now, that other platoon, you know what I'm saying, looking like, man, <laughs> they doing designs and stuff, and we over here feel like that. That's when your platoon, you know. Make them feel like Rich Homie Quan, man. Make them feel some type of way. Now, that's when your platoon flipped up and realized, man, we are better than them already. You know what I'm saying? In the first week. It's a confidence and boost. sit back and tell them, look. This only the first. We just not going into the second week, and y'all already are killing everybody. So imagine if y'all give me another twenty-one weeks. All I taught you was the YCP stuff. Right. I haven't got to you on the real life stuff. Now they want to come to you with their problems and want to learn from you because you're not just doing stuff just because it's a check mark on the box. They feel like you're doing stuff just exclusively for them. So now they feel like invested. Exactly. Yeah. You you really contributed to something. So it. Yeah. The number one thing is you got to realize you're talking to at-risk youth. These are kids that feel like certain people have given up on them. You know what I'm saying? So, or feel like they have nothing mm. or haven't accomplished nothing. So now right. by them coming to a situation to where they're in a platoon that they're winning. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, they're complimenting us. We're doing good. We look good. You right. know what I'm I want to finish this because I'm doing good at something. Not only am I winning the kids over, not only am I motivating them, but the main thing is I'm giving them a sense of winning, of accomplishment. So that's why I always put so much effort into DNC. That's the first thing I get to teach. So if I can't win you over in these first two weeks, I done lost you. I'm not going to give up on you, but I done lost the first part of the battle. Right. And to caveat off of all that, give it to Copa me. Collins is the reason I stood up there and became the person I was. My first cycle, I didn't know nothing about a book. I was just, hey, look, this is what we're supposed to learn. This is what I'm supposed <laughs> to do. what we do. You know what I'm saying? Why? And my first cycle, you know what I'm saying? I did pretty good to say it was my first cycle, but I was sitting up there looking at Copa Collins, and he actually had that same mentality. He had his cadets doing different stuff, you know what I'm saying? Wolfpack. Oh, six. I was like, oh, man, we get to do all kinds of stuff like that. We get to have Who fun. Who is this? Oh, Are you not entertained? Yeah. Yeah, Are you not entertained? Like, yeah, once I seen that, I said, I want peace off all that. I want to compete. You know what I'm saying? I want my platoon to be the platoon where they came by and they did this on us. You know what I'm saying? I want, yeah, it's over with. You know, throw that away. I want them to go on ahead and say, hey, third platoon or whichever platoon I'm in, you know what I'm saying? They, they out there making other people look bad. And then it, it confirms it once you get to that schoolhouse and everybody comes talk, all the kids come talk to you. Can I come to your platoon? Yeah, yeah, it's over with. You know, throw that away. I want them to go on ahead and say, hey, third platoon or whichever platoon I'm in, you know what I'm saying? Hey, they out there making other people look bad. And then it, it confirms it once you get to that schoolhouse and everybody comes talk, all the kids come talk to you. Can I come to your platoon? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm yeah, just more looking organized, in shape, and uh, you mm-hmm. know, focused on what I want to achieve. I'm tired of looking sloppy yeah. around here. <laughs> and that's when you know not only are you motivating your cadets, you're motivating other cadets who 
to want to do good. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, man. Becomes contagious. Yeah. Hey, I want to do, you know what I'm saying? I want to do all that. You know what I'm saying? Well, once you sit up there and learn how to go to Parade Rest or go to position of attention requesting Mr. Speaking, get some Parade Rest, then you can learn something like that. But clearly, you only learned that in the first two weeks. So I can't do nothing with you, son. You know what I'm saying? Give them that reality check for them to reassess the situation. Yeah. Yeah, by all means. And that's why I say my main purpose is to be influential to as many people as I can, to inspire as many that people as are. I can. That you and are. it all starts with today's youth. You know what I'm saying? No matter how young they are, no matter how old they are, you know, well, when it comes to youth, but no matter how old you are, how young you are, you can inspire somebody or you can learn from somebody. You know what I'm saying? Those are the two main things. Personal growth is exactly what it is. Personal growth. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people get inspiring and learning from another person, misconstrued with the term hating on someone or Ooh. anything like that. When in all actuality, you know See what, what I'm saying? You, hey, you know what I'm saying? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you can sit there and you can you can learn from somebody. Like I said, you can learn from somebody who makes mistakes. You can learn from somebody who's doing pretty good. You know what I'm saying? It's all about personal growth. I want to do something similar to that. The same way with the marching, like I said. Look, the kids in other platoons, they want to do something like I'm teaching my platoon. True. So they, of course, the first thing they're going to do is come ask. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I want to get in your platoon. No, how about you go sit up there and do the best you can do in your platoon? <laughs> We're not doing all that. You know what I'm saying? I'm flattered that you won't be like and all that. That's all fine and dandy. But, but you got your own identity, day, my brother. <laughs> yeah. You have to sit up there and be the best version of you first. And then, you know what I'm saying? If need be. If you're struggling, I'm more than happy to come over and teach you something. I'm not going to teach you to self my platoon, no, of course. Right. You know what I'm saying? You got to invest but in I'm, yourself before yeah. you even have the collaborative effort of other people contribute. Yeah. That was something that Chris Rock had said, actually. He was saying that uh, his car broke down and he was on the highway. <laughs> and you say, yeah, you know how you had the little thumb out, you know, trying to get the little, you know, little bummer ride or whatever. And he said, nobody was there to help him. He says, well, after that, he got pissed off. Mm-hmm. And then what he did was he just start, put the car in neutral and started pushing the car himself. Then he said, out of nowhere, a random guy pulled over and started helping him push the car. So he was like, the moral of the story is people love to see people help themselves. Mm-hmm. So you put forth the effort, you start picking yourself up, you start manifesting the things you wish to grow and progress and structure yourself around being and doing. Mm-hmm. Naturally, it would attract other people who wish to contribute to that cause. So it's like after they see you putting forth the effort to better yourself, it's why not help? You know, America loved the underdog. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But somebody who have it all, they the look, they, they don't need nothing. That's the problem. Another million? What do you need another million for if you already got a billion? Mm-hmm. But they see somebody, hey, look, this is what I have. I know it's not perfect, but this is what I'm working on. They put forth that effort. Mm-hmm. They consistent with what it is, whatever product they selling, whatever advertisement they doing, how, whatever it is that their profession would be, they continue along that path. And then they'll turn the naysayers into believers. Right. You know, as in they would continue to chastise in the beginning because that's what they're supposed to do. Right. The world has a way of beating everybody else up. That's the purpose of the world. We don't have to beat ourselves up if the world is already doing its job. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's one aspect. There's going to be people who still challenge what it is that you're doing because that's the purpose of you validating what it is that you're doing. Right. That goes into you being your future self in the present self. So people saying you don't have that. That's not possible for you to do that. 
They have told other people, insert random person, Steve Jobs, Kevin Gates, whoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like you're trying to be something you're not, but they didn't see the vision that the other person have. That was just them being their future self and their present self. So as they continue with that consistency and effort, all of a sudden the future self catch up with the present self. And everybody's saying, oh, I didn't see that coming. Uh, oh, he made it. So the people who were opposed to you making progress will either be silent or all of a sudden you have won them over. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have no more enemies because they have became your friends. Now they, oh, I see what you was doing. Or my favorite, I apologize, oh man. Oh, you had you had me wrong. I really thought you was going to go left, but you went right. All right, you got that. Mm-hmm. All right, cool, that's no problem. But now you're inspiring them to progress on the same level of development, right? so to speak. I, I agree. Right. And that's why I say you always want to, all right, let me choose my words carefully on this. You always <laughs> want to emulate someone who is in the position that you're striving to be in. You know what I'm saying? Like, my stepfather stood up there and told me, you know what I'm saying? Million dollars worth of game for free. He stood up there and said, so if you wanted to buy a house, would you ask a homeless man? You know what I'm saying? Of course. Of course, I said no. You know what I'm saying? He was like, you know, it's typical now, but how about instead of you asking how to buy a house, from a homeless man, you know what I'm saying, getting information. How about you ask him, how did he get to where he's at? Mm. You know what I'm saying? He became so that way, Yeah, so right. that way, right. you know how, how not to go down that road. Once you avoid that road, you know what I'm saying, at least you know how not to, to go the opposite way of where you're going. You know what I'm saying? So you can, you can sit there and look at somebody who has a house. You know what I'm saying? Nine times out of ten, like I said, depending on how you act, some people will take it as, as hating just because, hey, man, look, that's a nice house. You know what I'm saying? How did you get it? Because now they got so many people asking, oh, how much you spent on it? Or, mm-hmm. or what's your credit score is? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Nobody want to give out that type of information. They caught up in no. the result. They're not caught up in the process and the you yeah, know the, the things that you implemented or progressed towards to manifest it. I agree. Yeah, but not too many people will, you know what I'm saying? If you act the right way, not too many people will come up and ask, Hey man, you know what I'm saying? It's a beautiful home you have there. Start off with a compliment. I'm in the process of trying to buy my own house. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I was wondering if you had any tips or yeah. advice. If you had to do and, it all over again, yeah. what would be the things that you wish you knew ahead of time? Yeah, because at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? That same person, they probably a first time home buyer themselves. You know what I'm saying? They probably sit up there and got messed over somewhere in that process. Right. So I'm pretty sure they're more than happy to sit up there and try and keep other people. From going down that same road, you know what I'm saying, save a big headache. But that also leads to don't ask just one person. If you just go off one person, you know what I'm saying, I'm pretty sure what they thought was a, a minor L in that road and all they tell you about is the big one, you know what I'm saying, somebody else probably went the same route and can tell you more information about it, you know what I'm saying? That's true. So just learn as much as you can from as many people as you can, you know what I'm saying, in order to get to your destination. Like I said, always learn from those who make mistakes. You can always learn from others' mistakes. Don't laugh at I them. Agree. Learn from their mistakes. Take notes. Then you can sit there and watch somebody else who goes down that same path or in that same road to success that you're trying to get to. And you can learn from them. You can learn from people that's already at that destination. You know what I'm saying? Just putting yourself in the best position to get the information yeah. that other people may not have been receptive of or not knowing of. And that's how you put yourself in a position where it's really hard for you 
to go along the same path as others because you've already seen how that happens. It's like you mm-hmm. observe that, well, all right, let me take my notes on this. This is what I need to look out for. Skip this. Experience more with this. Okay, amplify this. So when you put it in that formula, you're now multiplying the possibility of it working in your favor because you have had the experience of others to contribute to what it is that you are about to embark on. So that's legit. Right. Right. So that was my biggest thing I learned from my stepdad is next because I use that to this day. No matter what, always learn from, I'm pretty sure everybody has heard, learn from your mistakes. Oh, yes. You know what I'm saying? Your own personal mistakes will teach you so much. The school of hard knocks. (laughs) Boy, I graduated uh, at the top of the class. (laughs) (laughs) So with that, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you, like how you were saying, some people are scared of failure and all that. Sometimes failure is part of the part of the process. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's the only way you're gonna get better. Yeah. It's through failure. You know what I'm saying? You can't like, settle and complain. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And it's the fact that you're yeah. going through those experiences. You know, some people, yeah, I took a L. You know, some people, well, yeah, I lost that this, or I don't want to lose at another relationship. I don't want to lose another risk on investment it's like no that's the lessons like after you can't tell me after you experienced something you didn't get any wisdom from it because right. if you didn't now i know for a fact you wasted time you know right so right. that i agree on it i agree on it if you had to tell your younger self your much younger self any advice what would you tell them? listen to the older people that were in my life <laughs> so straightforward so bro, simple <laughs> bro, i'm telling you because like and that that's how i can relate to so many of them cadets that i had because it's like you i'm pretty sure you done heard this this term too for this phrase uh you know what i'm saying man boy i've been there done that you know what i'm saying just, right. you know, once once you have been there done that you know what i'm saying that means this man has really been through the same exact situation and trying to tell you how to avoid it you know what i'm saying but a lot of youth, there's no generation on this. A lot of youth will sit there and hear, will hear somebody sit there and tell them the answers to the test of life and will sit up there and ignore it because some people will sit up there and be like, well, a lot of people will sit there and be like, all right, you made that mistake. I'm not going to make that mistake. I'm different. I'm going to do this. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, so you're being ignorant to the head, fact is the reason why you're subject right. to it. <laughs> Right. You need to be humble and sit up there and be like, all right, I'm I'm a you know what I'm saying, I'm a, I'm gonna listen to you. And then once that sit up there, I'm telling you, I was a big victim of this because there's been a lot of times somebody sit up there and told me, Look, don't do that, do this, you know what I'm saying, do it this way, because in the long run, you know what I'm saying, it's gonna pay off. Yeah, I, I got <laughs> Yeah, when when you're young, you don't wanna hear about the long run, you wanna hear about this right. short run, you know what I'm saying? I wanna hear about this sprint. I wanna get to the end quick. So you're going to do what's best for you at that moment. You can sit up there, man, I can sit up there and take this job right here. It's paying $15 an hour and I can work 40 hours a week. Or I could take this job paying $10 an hour and I could work unlimited hours. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Which one do you think going to win in the end? You got a cap on how many hours. Well, technically, both of them got a cap on how many hours you can make. Right, but right. one of them you can sit up there and actually make, you know what I'm saying? But the potential is un- is is unlimited with yeah. the one who's saying, all right, I got an unlimited amount yeah. of resources compared to somebody who already capped yeah. themselves before they even and, took a, the journey, you know? Yeah, and we're not going to talk about overtime, so you know what I'm saying? That's just mm, time and a half. 
But so you really, you know what I'm saying? You really winning once you get past them 40. So you really playing, you're going to play catch up, but you're going to win in the end. I agree. But you know what I'm saying? They're going to so tax you at the end too, but they ain't none of my yeah. business. Yeah. There's <laughs> always taxes. But that's the number one thing. You always, no matter what, like I said, that goes back to my number one point. Listen to what older people say and learn from others' mistakes. You know what I'm saying? Learn from others. You just, there's so many people in this world. Just because mm-hmm. you don't know that person, you know what I'm saying? You can sit there and be driving down the road and you in a rush. You see somebody make a right and it looks like, you know what I'm saying? It's a bunch of traffic. Somebody makes a right to try and get out of traffic and take a shortcut. Right. As long as they make that right, it's the more traffic. Now, you got a choice. Either stay on this path, you know what I'm saying, and stay in this traffic, or make this right and get in this, tra- uh, this other traffic for right. the shortcut. So okay. the shortcut then turns into the long cut. I agree. So, you know what I'm saying? It's just because it looks a little better, that don't mean, hey, I'm about to go ahead and follow this man. Mm-hmm. Always analyze. You know what your destination is. You you passing up things along the way for a reason. I mm-hmm. agree with you. So, uh, Bags the Barber, Blending and Groove, mm-hmm. Blades and Guards. I'd like to thank you for yep. this episode of Corners and Conversations. I really do believe it was impactful. And uh, it's not just one and done conversation. We will be inviting you again. But, of course, best wishes to you and yours. You take care of yourself. Is there anything you wish to say in closing, my brother? Oh, yeah, by all means, you know what I'm saying, Bags the Barber, you know what I'm saying? Oh, look me up on uh, Facebook or Snapchat, you know what I'm saying, if you're looking for a hat cut or any booking. You know what I'm saying? I'm always open. All right, so this is just for Lafayette. This is for Baton Rouge. You know, you got to let them know where you be at now. I don't want them. Oh, you, you riding all over the state? I'm currently in Lafayette. Okay. I take trips to uh, Baton Rouge. You know what I'm saying? I normally don't go any further unless it's at least three or more clients out that way. You know family what I'm saying? Because That's the family package. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if you're a mother and you got three boys, you know what I'm saying? Or if, if it's even two, you know, I make that sacrifice for two. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I'm more than willing to sit up there and make that, you know what I'm saying? Got to be understanding now. I ain't about to just go out there for no ten, twenty dollar cut. And <laughs> that's just the gas money I'm losing now. You know what I'm saying? I learned that by trial and error. They mean. <laughs> But you know, uh, indeed, but best wishes and once again, my brother. And it was a beautiful conversation. Beautiful conversation. Man. You take yeah, care of yourself. Indeed. Uh, thank you. you all for listening, for everybody paying attention to corners and conversations. Just contribute to support. I am your host. You can call me Strick Low. This is Bag the Barb on the conversation today. I'll take care.